Thank you for tuning in to We Named the Pod Indiana, a Talking Bay 94 spinoff podcast devoted to interviews with the cast, crew, and creators who brought Indiana Jones to life. I'm your host, Brandon Winerdy, and today's episode is a rare conversation with Richard Young, the man behind the fedora at the opening scenes of Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Was he supposed to be after Ravenwood? Are there plans to bring him back? Find out. This is We Named the Pod Indiana, episode two, Richard Young. start on a technical side and obviously you've continued the camera work and that art form how do you make that jump from being behind a camera to then in front of a camera well uh, as I said before I was working for a fellow named Roger Corman the great who was the king of the bees yeah I was working as a driver for him and also hanging out with the um, camera crew learning lighting and sound and you know <laughs> everything everything yeah. i mean it was a great way to learn filmmaking oh, yeah. and uh, and just uh, on a fluke it was a cheap movie we were making anyway uh the actor i don't know what happened he didn't show up and uh you know we had about an hour to shoot the scene so he said uh, Roger said put that outfit on and uh, you know jump in learn those lines and we're going to shoot you after lunch they hadn't established him yet on camera I said well what do I have to do and they said well you know you can drive an 18 wheeler can't you (laughs) I said oh yeah sure you know I I had driven a Winnebago sure 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 anyway so uh, I uh, jumped in and uh, pulled it off and uh, that's how my acting career started that's great then I uh, I did three more pictures for him as an actor Um, we shot a lot down in the uh, Philippines yeah Uh, one picture we were in called the final mission low budget picture but it uh, made a ton of money at the box office, yeah. so that really put me on the map. Right, and it's it, the legacy of people that worked with Corman for Corman, including it's mind-boggling, right? That is right. truly, oh yeah, um, maybe the the foundation of Hollywood as it is currently. How did you get connected with Spielberg? I know that you worked on Amazing Stories. I actually watched the episode this morning when I the Alamo, oh, did yeah, you? Um, and I'll. Welcome back to Texas, right? Did you, did, was that filmed in San Antonio, your, your aspect? We, uh, they did film uh, the exterior as my stuff was uh, on the back lot sure. at Universal. That, yeah, that's what I assume. Yeah. yeah. And then was it, was it part of that conversation? Like, because like, again, you see yourself as Davy Crockett, and you ki- like, I kind of squint, and you're like, I could see, you could be an Indiana Jones. Yeah, you know, like, what was kind of that? Um, How that worked was... Um, you know, I, I didn't wasn't a big part, but uh, it was enough. Uh, he got a glimpse of me, and then um, you know I got some pretty good feedback on it. Uh, I went off and did some more films uh, in the Philippines, mm. and um, you know I had one experience. Uh, you know, those those days were fairly lean, right? Um, and so I had a conversation with some art dealers from Beverly Hills, and they were looking for some Mayan pottery. Mm. And uh, I thought, well, I can see if I can go find some of those artifacts for you. So <laughs> yeah. I went down to um, Salvador and um, actually found uh, 
some authentic pieces. Wow. Um, the rub was the uh, the guy who uh, it was a black market deal. The guy who sold them to me turned me in to get a kickback from the local policia. So my driver uh, tipped me off that the police were waiting oh back my at my hotel. So I had to leave everything. I had um, two of the pieces with me. Right. And so I had to slip over the border into Guatemala. I rented a car, or well, it was a little Subaru, and drove right. all the way to Guatemala City and got on a plane and came back. And, and But it had been a very harrowing experience because there were guard checkpoints and I had guns pointed at me and was threatened, the whole thing. I told Stephen that story <laughs> and uh, he started grinning. Yeah. And uh, after the meeting, as I was walking out, I heard him say to his secretary, cancel the rest of my meetings. I think I found That's, the guy. You, you were Indiana Jones. You are. What were the pieces? What were, what were you bringing back? Well, I, I, uh, the one, one got smashed oh. by, by a, uh, a checkpoint guard. Oh, sure. You know, he was checking me for... Uh, some other kind of contraband, right. and um, I had some tourist stuff. I had the one bowl. One bowl survived. Yeah, uh, it, I, it, it's called the monkey bowl. And, uh -huh. and uh, but I went through so much getting the thing back. I decided not to sell it. I kept it. You know. <laughs> yeah. As a uh, yeah memento. The whole. Yeah, I said you know what I went through to to get this thing. Yeah. No money, amount of money in the world is worth selling it. So. <laughs> Anyway, I showed a picture of it to Stephen, and, and yeah. uh, you know, the whole thing kind of fell into, I think, what he was looking for. There was some vague similarities between Harrison and I physically, yeah. Yeah. and uh, so he started imagining how to do that shot right. and the first reveal. So I think that's how pretty much it came about. It really is. I think Last Crusade might be my favorite of the Indiana Joneses, and that opening if that was just the movie, right? And the credits rolled after that. You'd be like, right. that was one of the greatest movies of all time. Like, in terms of filming that, where was that shot? Well, we were all over the place. Yeah. Uh, specifically, that scene, yeah. the opening reveal, that was uh, back at Universal. Yeah. The rest of the stuff, you know, all the train stuff was um, on a narrow gauge railroad between San Antonito and uh, Chama, New Mexico. Yeah. yeah. And I must say, move, uh, trying to uh, work on top of a moving train is challenging. A little tough, in I'm itself. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I think with Last Crusade and it being kind of the proto indie, right? Mm -hmm. You are in that role and inhibiting that space. What prep did you have to do for that? What was kind of the the nature of it? All I had to do was be the guy that went to Guatemala to tell you the truth. <laughs> you did truth. enough for that. Was enough. You're like, okay, we did it. <laughs> yeah. Actually, you know, uh, I. I asked him, I said, is there anything in particular you want me to work on sure. before I show up on location? And uh, he said, no, just stop shaving and, and grow your hair out. And so, Easy. so that was that. Yeah. And uh, I remember, you know, I remember getting on the airplane. It was a little charter yeah. regional. And I remember getting on with some of the other cast members yeah. and crew and Remember the pilot saying, "Okay, on this aircraft, we have certain rules. You got to put your head between your legs and kiss your ass goodbye <laughs> before we took off." <laughs> I said, "Well, this is going to be a fun four weeks." 
the again the, that opening is so iconic, and I think obviously River Phoenix inhabiting that role so effortlessly, right. and you and that chemistry as well. Yeah. What was your experience working with him and the rest of that young cast? It was all it's all it's very that chemistry is is like a spark. It's beautiful. well, we felt kind of like a family. River was a very instinctual actor, and you know, very gifted, and right. you know, he had the ability to listen. Yeah. Uh, when I was doing my dialogue with him, and he would respond in such an honest way that we just had an instant chemistry. Right. One of the best actors I've ever really worked with. And when I was creating a backstory for my character, Fedora, uh, I imagined that Fedora had lost his father at a young age, mm. and he came up pretty much on his own. Yeah. Um, had been influenced because uh, he lived next to the Apache Indian Reservation, so his best friend was a character named Halfbreed, who is one of uh, right. the members of my gang. Mm. And uh, so I identified uh, when I saw River with all of his spunk and um, unwillingness to give up. Yeah, I saw a bit of myself in the lad yeah. and uh, I identified with him and I I felt a bit very mixed at the end when I took the cross from him sure. uh, but I felt I needed to um, give him something so that's why I gave him my hat that's great again the character and you mentioned having a backstory in your mind and there is even when we met earlier there is the kind of the, the story that a lot of people have heard of this could have been an Abner Ravenwood character, especially if something had continued. How was that described to you? What was kind of the thinking, at least at the time of filming? And again, Indiana Jones, this year, is it's a big indie year, and it would be, now there's the talk about, okay, is it a short round series? What What is the extension? How was that described to you, and how do you think that has changed in people's mind? Do you think there's, there's a story to tell, like you're saying? Well, I've got an awful lot of mail on where, where did this guy go? Where right. did he come from? Yeah. We want to see more of him. We want to know more about him. Right. Um, I didn't realize at the time, but uh, in one of the earlier drafts, uh, my character was Abner Ravenwood. And so, and then at, at some point that was decided to uh, be dropped. Right. And and they decided to make my character more mysterious. He could have been any number of people, inclu right. including Forrestal. Right. So, oh, that that's interesting. Actually, I haven't heard. Yeah, that could be Forrestal. Then we know exactly how your story ends. So maybe we don't want it to be Forrestal. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Uh, so what I did was I kept working, and I'm still in the process of writing the complete story. But I I posed the idea to through a rep uh, to Disney about mm. you know the right story were developed for yeah. Fedora would you know you guys be interested in doing a spin-off and they didn't say yes they didn't say no they said we're, we're gonna keep our eye on how Dial of Destiny does right. and then you know make some decisions afterward yeah. so what I'm doing I'm I'm finishing up the story I'm working on and you know I'll be locked and loaded if they decide yeah. to move with my idea otherwise if nothing happens with it 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 helps me close the circle yeah. within myself about this man and and who he was and what happened yeah. to him in the end it is uh, i I'm, tr I'm playing it very cool because it would be very it'd be very cool and it'd be very impactful i think to the overall legacy of, of the character and it's interesting to me with your career and how you've grown and what you've done since especially 
being a photographer and just kind of stepping back from Hollywood in that sense, we're like in the past, what, 15, 20 years of that. Right. And now it, your, your convention circuits and your signings is relatively recent, right? right? And you're kind of right. back into the world. Right. How has that been for you kind of jumping back into something that you did 30 years ago while at the same time having that legacy of your own life that you've grown over the past 20 years of being a photographer and your wife, I've seen her paintings are beautiful, like like being an artist and then right. having having the actor mentality still. Well, you know, quite honestly, I w it was very flattering to to have people, you know, trying to contact me yeah. and, and, and sort of like uh, Pacino said, just when I'm out, they pull me back in. Right. No, I, I um, what happened was that they did a screening at the Arrow Theater in Santa Monica, mm. which is a kind of a revival house of yeah. Last Crusade, and I was asked to say hello to the audience. Right. And so it was, uh, I was quite surprised. It was, um, you know, was 300 seats and they were still lined up. Yeah. Uh, I was amazed at the interest that was still there and uh, somebody recorded my talking with the audience and it went viral <laughs> yeah and so uh and after that i mean i wasn't that hip to uh social media sure, sure, sure. or hadn't been involved with it but a lot of people a lot of organizations started reaching out and i i um have been very um I've been enjoying it very much, uh, interacting with the fans, and yeah. uh, you know, hopefully, if there's enough uh, of a tectonic movement uh, in this direction, I can get uh, by popular demand something going. Well, hopefully, this episode is a small part of that tectonic shift because I would love to see it. All Thank right. you for your time, Mr. It's, Young. This has been really fantastic. It's my pleasure. Thank All you. Thanks again to Mr. Young for such an insightful look into his incredible career. For more information about the Dallas Comic Show, where we recorded this episode, head to the link in our show notes. If you missed the first episode of this mini Indiana Jones spinoff, don't worry, it was a long time ago. Head to our show page for my previous interview with Belloc himself, Paul Freeman. We have a few more episodes in the works, including next week with young Indiana Jones, Sean Patrick Flannery. Then back to Star Wars, don't worry, and our regular scheduled programming. That's all for now. Until next episode, stay tuned, leave that five-star review, and may the force be with you.